All right, you're listening to the Canadian Taxpayers Podcast. My name is Franco Terrazano, and I'm the Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And we've got a good one for you today. We know politicians were spending a truckload of money, and politicians were telling us that they needed to spend this much money to keep us healthy, to keep the economy afloat during the pandemic. So we wanted to test these claims. We wanted to see if government spending more money did achieve better results or if it didn't. And we also wanted to see how Canada stacked up with our international and industrialized peers, the other countries in the G20. Was Canada a big spender compared to other countries? Did our federal government achieve better healthcare or economic results with all of that spending? And we've got researcher, uh, he's also the senior features editor with the C2C Journal, Peter Sean Taylor, who did all of the research for us, who, who really got, did this great mini report for us just on those uh, questions. So Peter, he's on the show today and, and uh, let's welcome Peter. Peter, thanks for joining. It's my pleasure to be here, Franco. Well, let's jump right into it. And before we get into the real nitty gritty of all the data, there was one really interesting tidbit from the report about the tiny island nation of Nauru. Um, Can you explain what happened there during the pandemic? Well, I used it as a little anecdote, I guess, to to begin the policy brief. It's a a, a island in the Pacific Ocean. Most people probably never even heard of it, uh, 11,000 people, but um, they spent a surprising amount of money, according to the IMF, on their COVID policies. And uh, even more surprising, there's never been a recorded uh, case of COVID-19 on the island. So um, for me, it, it just um, exemplified the fact that there's this huge diversity of, of spending across countries, um, rich and poor. Um, some countries have spent an enormous amount of money. Some countries have spent almost nothing. Um, and uh, I, I really wanted to get into what, what's driving this. Was there a, a logic uh, behind it? Um, and when you've got a whole bunch of different results, you want to try to join the dots. You know, what, what, what explains countries that spend a lot? What explains countries that spend a, a little? And the, the fact that here's a, a, a tiny country that um, had no cases of COVID and spent a, a, quite a, a, as a percentage basis, spent almost as much as major countries such as uh, France and Spain and Italy. Um, so what, what really was going on and what, what were the, what, was there any logic behind uh, what the various countries did? All right. You're talking about the logic behind the various countries. We are going to get to Canada. We're, we're going to break sure. down all the data there, but, but let's talk about the logic from the other countries. Was there a logic behind all this spending? And really, what was the key takeaway that you saw in the data internationally? Sure. Well, you've got this enormous data set, right? You've got all sorts of countries. You've got a, a large variety of, of approaches to spending on COVID. So there's a uh, a lot of room for some very interesting um, econometric uh, work on this. And the uh, economist who's done what, what I think is probably the most interesting work uh, is Christina Romer from the University of California at Berkeley. Um, and she looked uh, just at the, the early stages of, of COVID-19. So you recall back to 2020, um, she compiled a really interesting data set of of all the OECD countries and, and what they spent in that first stage, which includes both the money they spent in that first year and also money they announced that they were gonna spend. So it's fairly comprehensive, not just a, a quick and dirty uh, a deal. And, uh, and, and she compiled it all and it's a really useful data set. And what we find is that uh, surprisingly, uh, the US and New Zealand 
were the uh, world leaders in spending as a percentage of GDP. Um, what were they? Their figures were 11.5% uh, of GDP. And third place um, was Canada at 10.1%. Uh, at so um, she brought all that data together. And then once you've done that, you want to try to explain, well, why did some countries spend more than others? So she ran the normal things that you would expect an economist to, to run against this data. She looked at um, the size of the, the COVID-19 mortality rates. You know, did countries that uh, uh, saw more deaths, were they spending more? Or on the conversely, did countries that um, spend a lot, did they have a, a low rate of mortality? Um, and she found no connection. There was no uh, significant um, thread um, between uh, spending and COVID-19 mortality rates. And she looked at other things like debt levels. Um, again, no, no connection. The only thing she found that was significant that explained um, why countries spent what they did <clears throat> was their credit worthiness, the, the, the credit rating scores from bond agencies. And from that, she concludes that the countries basically spent as much as they could. Um, if you had a good credit rating, that meant you could borrow a lot. And so those countries did. Um, so countries like the US and New Zealand, for example, countries that had a poor credit rating um, weren't able to borrow as much. And so they didn't. So that's countries like uh, Greece and Italy, et cetera. Um, Canada had a AAA credit rating, top of the top of the leaderboard. And so we were there uh, spending as much as we could um, along with the other countries that had good credit ratings. Um, our credit rating has subsequently dropped somewhat uh, since then, but it's a, it's a pretty powerful um, conclusion from Romer's work is that uh, not necessarily logic or um, um, a, a demonstrated need, but, but countries spent as much as they could. Um, and I, I think that's a pretty important takeaway. Um, and then from there, you, you sort of parse, is that good policy to just spend well, as much as you let can? Me, let me dive in there for a second. Mm -hmm. um, I think most families, most Canadians, most taxpayers listening to this instinctually understand, well, just because you can spend more money doesn't mean you should spend more money. We should be thinking about the future. We should be trying mm -hmm. to always spend every dollar as efficiently as possible. So let me ask you that question. Did spending more money from these governments lead to better results? No. Um, you see some uh, countries that did, and we'll get into the, 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 the numbers after Romer's study, but uh, if, you, if you look at the, the broader sweep of things, um, countries that... Um, uh, had fairly good results, didn't necessarily spend a lot of money. Um, sometimes it was related to the lockdowns, countries that didn't necessarily lock down really hard, um, didn't have to spend as much money. But yeah, there, were, there's no, there was no um, efficiency and uh, uh, efficiency wasn't a criteria. Um, and, and so that creates certain problems, obviously, from a taxpayer's perspective. If your governments are just spending as much as they can, um, are you getting value for that money? Well, probably not, because the only criteria is spending as much as you can. So that's a problem, for sure. All right. So you've been talking about this very important research from Romer, the economist. Um, but now you did a ton of work updating, essentially, the, the idea of what she was looking at, right? Looking at mm -hmm the most recent data that was available from the IMF to see where countries ended up landing with how much their government spent versus the healthcare outcomes versus the economic outcomes as well. So now talk about the most recent data, the stuff that you really sure. put together. 
yeah, well, Romer's data went up to July 2020. So that's really not um, as up to date as you might want. Uh, the IMF does have uh, consistent data available that goes up to October of 2021. So I use that. Uh, those figures, I looked at the G20, uh, Romer looked at the OECD um, to try to just give a, a, a consistent uh, data set. And what you see is, again, the, the same sorts of countries that were at the top in Romer's data are at the top um, in, in the IMF data. Four of the top five are wealthy English-speaking uh, countries. Uh, Canada, which was third in the Romer's data set, is now uh, fifth in the more up-to-date um, numbers. We spent um, just almost 16% of our GDP over that period of time. Wow. Uh, the leader, once again, is the US, far and away anyone else, uh, 25, over 25% of the GDP. Um, so uh, you, you see, they, when, you, when you look at this, you, you see the countries that spent a lot. Uh, those are not necessarily the countries that had the best results when it comes to uh, COVID-19 mortality. Obviously, you want a lower mortality rate. If you're spending a lot of money, you'd think you'd um, that money would be spent somehow usefully. Um, the U.S., far and away the biggest spender, had a, a slightly higher level of COVID-19 mortality than Mexico. And Mexico is at the very bottom. Mexico spent almost nothing on um, COVID-19 policies, probably because of Romer's reason that the, you know, their credit rating wasn't as good, so they were constrained in how much they could spend. Um, but uh, Mexico spent 0.7% of its GDP on COVID-19 policies. Uh, the US spent 25% of its GDP on COVID-19 policies. And they had almost the same mortality rate. So um, on, from that perspective, spending more doesn't seem to get you a better outcome. Uh, when you look at um, uh, economic growth, another reason that the country said that they needed to spend a lot of money was to um, insulate the economy or protect them from the lockdowns and make sure people still had jobs, et cetera. Again, you don't see any clear connection between countries that spent a lot and countries that had better economic results um, throughout the pandemic. So uh, again, it's, it's not, um, it's not a, uh, an endorsement of spending a lot of money. Uh, countries like South Korea that mentioned earlier um, had quite low mortality rates and quite good economic growth didn't didn't spend weren't the biggest spenders um so there's more to it than just shoveling money out the door i think because that's what the data uh, ultimately uh, says yeah let me just repeat that because th this is a really key insight <clears throat> for taxpayers more government spending did not guarantee better results healthcare wise and also economically now let's dive into how canada did a canadian taxpayers sure. podcast we want to know how our federal government ranked uh with this international comparison so why don't you break down how canada stacked up with the rest of the g20 sure well we were in uh fifth place in terms of, of spending as i said at 16 percent um we did uh, to be honest um our our outcome in terms of covid 19 mortality is better than average uh we were at um uh, 81 deaths per 100,000. The average was 135. So I think we need to uh, recognize that it, we did um, do a little better than the uh, than the OE, than the G20 average there. Uh, in terms of economic growth, though, um, we were we were below average. So pretty middle of the road kind of results, um, but but top level spending. So in terms of value for money, um, we weren't really there. Um, if you want to get into more details, clearly the, the biggest um, 
two biggest programs in the country were CERB and the, um, the, the wage subsidy. Um, the wage subsidy was, was by far the biggest. Um, and those, those sorts of programs, you know, in the US, Romer went into quite a bit of detail into the US's version of, of uh, the wage subsidy program and, and found it was really lacking the, you know, the, the, the amount of money they spent to save one job was, was off the charts. Um, haven't seen as much research done in Canada on our program simply because the US attracts more attention. Um, but the, the research that has been done on the wage subsidy program in, the, in Canada suggests this pretty much the same thing. A very high rate of, um, very high cost per job saved. Um, there's been some research on how much of that money went to uh, businesses that weren't really affected at all uh, by the pandemic, which is basically a waste of money as far as I can tell. So um, yeah, uh, we're not at the bottom of the pack in terms of outcomes, but we're certainly at the top of the pack in terms of spending. So uh, kind of a disappointing result, I guess, for Canada. So let me just repeat some of the numbers there, just because you've gone through so much data. I just want to sure. give a little overview. So Canada, the federal government spent the fifth most of the uh, G20 countries at 16% of GDP. On healthcare, the preventable preventing deaths, Canada came in at eighth of the G20, so just mm -hmm. a little bit better than average, um, middle of the pack. On economic activity in both 2020 and 2021, Canada was 12th, so in the bottom half of the pack with the G20. So we spent a ton of money, didn't really get top results, especially not when you look at the economic side of things. Um, now, I think the question in everyone's head right now has to be, okay, well, why do you think that more spending from the government doesn't mean better results. Well, because you got to, it's got to be targeted. I mean, any uh, any any government program has to have a um, a goal in mind. And if the goal was only to spend a lot of money, then you're going to get a lot <laughs> of money spent. Um, if the goal is to protect the economy, if the goal is to save lives, if the goal is to you know, build in resilience, then I think you got to be more specific in the, the outcomes that you're looking for so that you can test um, whether you're meeting those standards. Um, as we've discussed, um, the goal initially appeared to be to spend as much money as possible. And so, you know, mission accomplished there, but there's a, a cost not only in terms of the, the current outcomes, but it, the future generations, I think. And that's um, something we've got to talk about uh, um, a, a greater length is is what does the um, current situation with um, COVID-19 spending mean, uh, not just for the present generation, but for future generations. So let's get into the economic implications in a second, but I do want to stick on the efficiency or lack thereof of some of this mm -hmm. spending. I mean, you talked about how uh, there's some research out there, especially in the U.S., a little bit in Canada as well, that shows the cost per job saved was mm -hmm. very, very large. Um, we've, mm -hmm. we've seen research, you talk about it in the report, where uh, some other sources have showed that, well, the government actually gave a lot of people more money than what they lost, yes. right? Yes. So clearly that's not efficient from a taxpayer perspective. But then you also have um, companies, or I should say organizations, getting the wage subsidy that should have never gotten the wage subsidy. And, and one thing that comes to mind are political parties. The Canadian mm -hmm. Taxpayers Federation discovered that political parties helped themselves to about $3.7 million 
through the wage yeah. subsidy. And remember, these political parties, they already get special taxpayer treatment. And I think many people during the pandemic, they're worried about their own job prospects. They're worried about the restaurant or gym owner down the street. I don't think too many people during the pandemic lost too many hours of sleep, <laughs> worried, worrying about a lack of partisan attack ads, right? So sure. um, I think we should definitely be questioning how this money was spent but let's get back to where you were just touching on is the economic implications of all of mm -hmm. this spending. So what do you think the economic implications will be from this massive amount of government borrowing that we've seen over the last two years? Well, I mean, uh, just on a practical matter, I think it's what's the federal debt's going to hit 1.2 trillion by the end of this uh, month. And, uh, you know, just over the COVID-19 itself, we saw an increase of almost two thirds um, in, in the federal debt. So that's, that's really, really big. Um, and it, uh, it, it's a, uh, it's not a gift, but it's a, it's a burden we're passing on to future generations because they're gonna have to, they're gonna be the ones um, to pay it down and their ability to uh, tackle future crises. We don't know what uh, the, the future holds in store, um, the pandemic caught everyone off guard. No one was was really prepared for that. Um, so you can't imagine what the what future generations will be will be dealing with. And their ability has been severely constrained because now um, there's this enormous debt that has to be paid off. So that's a, a real concern for future uh, generations for sure. Well, Peter, I'm, I'm sure you and I could probably go back and forth for another hour, at least on all of this. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for doing all the hard work on the report. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure. Uh, everyone, you have to you have to check out this report. I mean, it really is something. Peter did a ton of work going through a ton of data to put together an international comparison, the most up-to-date one that I've seen, looking at how these governments around the world responded to the pandemic and the outcome. So please go and check that out. Uh, for anyone who does want to read the full report, we'll include a link in the show notes. But also, there's a bit of a shorter summary that Peter and I wrote for the Financial Post. We'll include that op-ed in the show notes as well. Uh, until next time, <laughs> keep pushing back, call your politicians, call your MLA, call your MP, and let them know that it's time to rein in the massive government spending that we're really seeing at all levels. Hi, I'm Scott Henning, President of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. If you've got another minute, I'd like to ask you to think about the one person you know that would really enjoy listening to this podcast. Do us a favor and do them a favor and send them a quick note to let them know about it. At the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, we believe there is power in numbers. That's why we've worked so hard to build an army of taxpayers who are ready to push back. And we did it because people like you shared our work with that one person that they knew would really appreciate taking part. Thanks for listening, and thanks for doing your part to make Canada a better place.